Hello, this is Simon Nazer from Biofin, the Biodiversity Finance Initiative from UNDP. Today I'm catching up with two colleagues from Biofin Philippines to discuss a tremendously successful crowdfunding campaign called Together for Tamarals, supporting rangers who protect this type of wild dwarf buffalo on the island of Mondoro with allowances and food packages. So uh, before we kick off, can I just ask you both to quickly introduce yourselves? Hi, good morning. Um, this is Annabelle Plantilla, and I'm the Biofin National Coordinator in the Philippines. Yeah, and I'm Angie Ohena. I'm the Information and Communications Assistant for Biofin Philippines. Great to meet you both. Welcome. Um, Annabelle, perhaps you can start just by giving us an overview of this campaign. Yes, so the campaign is called um, Together for Tamarouse. It was launched to support the rangers and wardens, which we collectively call as the Tamarau frontliners affected by the pandemic so that they can continue to protect the critically endangered Tamaraus in Mount Iglit Baho Natural Park. So Tamaraus are like water buffaloes. They are endemic only to the island of uh, Mindoro with a population of about 600 on the island and 480 or about 80% are in the protected area. So the threats are habitat loss, hunting and poaching. Um, there are a total of 24 rangers and 35 wardens under the Tamara Conservation Program and the Protected Area Management Office of the Department of Environment and Natural Resources. That's the government agency here that is in charge of um, biodiversity conservation and environmental management. So um, the wardens and the Rangers regularly patrol the strict protection zone, which is about 2,600 hectares, um, which is found within the 100,000 uh, hectare protected area. So majority of our Tamarau frontliners are indigenous peoples called Mangyan. And most of them, or almost all of them maybe, are on a contractual basis and their salaries are most of the time delayed. So the Mangyan Wardens also serve as porters and guides for park visitors. So due to the pandemic, uh, the tourism halted and the to be closed. So as a result, a total of 33 Tamarau frontliners um, were actually out of jobs. So the campaign targeted to raise about $25,000 between July and October 2020 to ensure that our Tamarau frontliners can continue their duty to protect the Tamaraus. So the funds raised will cover um, field allowances for the furloughed Tamarau frontliners for six months, that's the last six months of 2020, as well as cover food packs um, for all the patrollers, for all the Tamarau frontliners. So in terms of the successes, uh, Annabelle, maybe you can speak a little bit to the, the outcome of this campaign uh, and what that actually means. Of course, uh, first, uh, it achieved, the campaign actually achieved 139% uh, uh, of its financial target. So we initially targeted to raise $25,000. At the end of the campaign, we had $32,000. So that's more money for our Tamara frontliners. Um, what was actually very uh, um, 
telling is that you know we we raised the $32,000 from about 194 donors but more than half of that were from the Philippines uh, and those uh, more than half uh, uh, Filipinos contributed about 80% of the total um, financial target uh, we also noticed that you know diaspora we do have a lot of Filipinos living overseas they also played a big role here because um, uh, about 11% of the total donors were Filipinos living overseas, and they gave about 9% of the total uh, financial target. Um, I would especially like to um, share with you about this uh, Filipino who works for the UNDP in New York. And, you know, we got in touch with him because of some administrative processes in relation to the campaign. And because of that, you know, he contacted all his relatives here in the Philippines. He also, you know, asked money from his high school classmates. And so, you know, the, the team were actually, you know, talking to them and uh, telling them about the campaign. And I think that also is very unique about Filipinos, you know, diaspora, and they, they really um, love to help Filipino, um, Filipino uh, campaigns. So the visibility created the campaign also was a big contributor to its success. Yeah. And I think uh, the campaign, as you mentioned earlier, it was an innovation tester, as well as it was a community building and a marketing instrument that involved the public. Uh, particularly, it helped raise uh, awareness on the conservation issues. Uh, we, we, I think, put a face to, the, to Tamara conservation by highlighting the important role of our frontliners in terms of protecting this very uh, critically endangered species. So uh, the birth of the Tamarau Society was because of this campaign and it has committed to support Tamarau conservation beyond the campaign. So I think the campaign also was able to achieve the, the short-term objectives, which is of course to raise the funds for the Tamarau frontliners, as well as be able to identify um, longer term commitments uh, for Tamarau conservation. So the Tamarau Society would actually like to focus on helping the rangers in terms of you know, capacity building and hopefully um, uh, enhancing their livelihoods. Uh, as you know, uh, most of our Tamara frontliners are indigenous peoples and, you know, livelihood is also very important to them so that they are able to, you know, protect the, the Tamaraus from, you know, hunters and poachers. Otherwise, you know, they, they might also be, you know, um, what, um, tempted to, to, you know, to do illegal activities if they do not okay. have, you know, enough livelihoods. So in terms of that support, Angie, um, can you describe how you went about getting this campaign on people's radars? Yeah, um, actually, in order to reach as many people as possible, we developed an extensive and very detailed communications plan for three months. Um, so this plan was consistently updated on a daily basis, and this was mainly our Bible in terms of promoting the campaign across all possible platforms, be it online, print, uh, television, or radio. And uh, given the pandemic and the restrictions that were in place, uh, actually until now, uh, 
on top of having budget limitations uh, in the project, we used existing information materials to promote the campaign. Uh, these materials were photos and uh, videos from three years ago taken from our uh, previous activities in relation with Tamarong conservation. So in 2018, we had this uh, called Biodiversity Camp or BioCamp, where we immersed a number of um, social media influencers to the actual habitat of the Tamaraos in the mountain. And after that experience, we asked them to write about or develop their own content and um, uh, release it in their respective platforms. That actually uh, resulted to a number of uh, uh, media releases uh, online and then the year after that uh, we produced this documentary film called Suwag Osuko. In English this is Strike or Surrender. Uh, this is a documentary film about um, the Tamaraos <clears throat> and their uh, protectors so telling the stories uh, of about the situation of the Tamaraos and their protectors. So given, <clears throat> given those limitations, we saw that as an opportunity to come up with creative ways to promote the campaign using those existing materials. Uh, we made sure that there is consistent presence in both traditional and social media uh, through regular media releases. In terms of social media, we uh, made sure that we did daily social media posts and um, Current events in relation with the Tamaraos were used as leverage to make a stronger business case for people to donate to the campaign. So these uh, current events that happened during the campaign were uh, there was a Tamarao killed by poachers back in July last year. So what we did, with, we released, uh, we did the press release on that and of course uh, told the people about the campaign and asked them to give to the campaign. Uh, in October of that same year, it was the Tamarong month, and then in that same month, uh, Kalibasib, uh, which was the lone captive Tamarong, died because of uh, uh, old age. So those current events, we used them as leverage to make a stronger business case for uh, people to donate. And most especially, our slogan for our communication messages is we write for the ear, shoot for the eye, and aim for the heart. Oh, that's, that's great. That's a really nice uh, and impactful way of, uh, of framing it. Um, Annabelle, in terms of impact, um, how are the Rangers actually receiving the support? Um, we have engaged uh, an NGO partner to disburse the proceeds to our frontliners. Actually, last year, we already did three distribution activities uh, of food packs, as well as uh, a two-month uh, allowance to the frontliners. And hopefully, by the first quarter of this year, or even before that, we uh, would want to disburse everything to the frontliners. And then, of course, we would want to help the, the protected area office, management office, in terms of maybe um, identifying some specific activities in their management plan that um, can help mobilize resources for, like, for example, you know, engaging the Tamaro Society and other stakeholders like local government 
units and other NGOs in the area. So um, for now, that is what uh, we intend to do. That's going to have tremendous impact, I'm sure. Um, Angie, in terms of the fundraising, um, were there any interesting or maybe surprising ways people went about raising funds? Via our social media pages, we received a lot of inquiries from the public. Uh, that's after we did a number of activities. So uh, in July, we had uh, two launch events. So that one for the national and one for online, uh, one for the global launch. So that's back in July 15. We involved a number of um, uh, partners from the Biofit Philippines, uh, global team, country office of the UNDP. And also uh, we identified five uh, campaign ambassadors. So these ambassadors are, uh, uh, first is a congresswoman. We, we have been working with her in the past years. So that's Congresswoman Josephine. Josephine Ramirez Sato, uh, who has been our uh, Biofin Legislative Champion. Second, uh, we have Nella and uh, Celine, who are both from the 2018 Biodiversity Camp, which I mentioned earlier. So uh, both of them were have their own networks. Nella has uh, this outfit called Philippine Parks and Biodiversity, her uh, NGO. And uh, with that, she spearheaded the creation of Tamarau Society. So this Tamarau Society is a group of 20 organizations and individuals who committed to raise uh, at least 20,000 uh, pesos, so that's five, 400 US dollars. And 100% of their, uh, of what they were able to fundraise went to the campaign. So members of the Tamaro Society uh, are mostly young individuals and what they did there were uh, groups who did online auction of a camera. So they sold tickets for that and they earned uh, more than actually 400 US dollars and everything went to the campaign. There were uh, members of the Tamaro Society who sold their uh, secondhand, secondhand um, wardrobe items also to fundraise for the campaign. Uh, there were two students, uh, that's Nami and Fia, Sophia. So what they did was to uh, fundraise using what they love to do. So one uh, is an art lover. So what she did uh, was to sell bags and t-shirts with her own artwork printed on it. And then the other one, Nami, um, no, Fia, uh, she loves to cook. So what she did was she cooked different kinds of food and sold it to her friends and her network. And then eventually she raised, they both raised uh, the 400 uh, US dollars for the campaign. And what else? Um, 
someone, Celine, also a member of the Tamarong Society and uh, one of the campaign ambassadors, she composed her own original song. And then what she did was she sold it for, so for each uh, sale of the song, uh, it's it costs $1. And then eventually she came up with this, uh, the 400 US dollars and she donated it everything, everything to the campaign. People also have their, uh, uh, do their own artworks uh, online and even uh, art paintings and they sell it to people and uh, they raise the money and give it to the campaign. So I think those are uh, very unique and creative ways of how people reacted and you know, contributed to the campaign. Um, yes, yeah. and may I also add that, you know, there was this uh, very big celebrity here in the Philippines who tweeted about the campaign. And so her fans club actually, you know, also donated. So I think, yes, the, the power of celebrities and other influencers has been uh, a very significant, uh, had a very significant contribution to the attainment of the financial target of the, of the campaign. And it has committed to support Tamara conservation beyond the campaign. So I think the campaign also was able to achieve the, the short-term objectives, which is of course to raise the funds for the Tamara frontliners, as well as be able to identify um, longer-term commitments uh, for Tamara conservation. So the Tamara Society would actually like to focus on helping the rangers in terms of you know capacity building and hopefully um, uh, enhancing their livelihoods uh, as you know uh, most of our tamara frontliners are indigenous peoples and you know livelihood is also very important to them so that they are able to you know protect the the tamaras from you know hunters and poachers otherwise you know they they might also be you know um, what um, tempted to, to, you know, to do illegal activities if they do not have, you know, enough livelihoods. Yeah. So looking forward a little bit, what, um, what kind of lessons have you taken from this? What kind of learnings could you share perhaps with um, other, other organizations that might be interested in, in following a kind of similar path? Um, actually, we did have a lot of uh, lessons from, from this campaign. Of course, we said that you know, it is really important that we do have a, a very good communications plan so that we have a wider reach. Um, in terms of maybe transferring capacities in terms of uh, managing a crowdfunding campaign, uh, we would, of course, want our uh, NGO partners to be able to do this, the, the campaign on their own. Um, initially, we wanted uh, to have an NGO partner lead the campaign, but since you know this is a biofin initiative, uh, we said that okay, we'll do it first uh, as UNDP, and um, well, the platform that we used was an international platform, and that actually limited, uh, I think, um, some donors because when we did, uh, well. Um, I was interviewed on, on television and radio, and we did this platforms like direct bank transfers or mobile wallets, and that actually we did not have. So I, I think um, maybe on hindsight, if we had uh, a diversity of um, uh, channels for giving, 
maybe we could have had more. Um, maybe we could have maybe 200% of our target. Uh, so I think these are very valuable lessons um, for, for us. And uh, we've, uh, we've had conversations with some of our other partners and uh, some of them are actually interested in, in doing crowdfunding. And so I think uh, we can bring to the table the, the lessons that we have learned from this campaign. But, but I think uh, what was really important was we were able to engage you know, the general public you know, raising awareness on Tamarau and, you know, how, how it is important to protect our natural heritage. Mm. Yeah, right. Um, Angie, do you have any lessons perhaps that you could share around engaging the public for campaigns like this? Yeah, I think uh, the campaign should make sure that uh, it appeals to emotions because um, without that, you cannot make people um, act on something or in this case, give to your campaign. And then of course, you have to make as much noise as you can. So that's where the social media posts on a daily basis come in, the press releases, etc. And then when you have the visibility, you need to sustain that visibility and uh, make sure that you use clear and consistent messages. It doesn't have to be very technical because you want to reach the general public. And uh, as you go along with the campaign, uh, you create and nurture meaningful partnerships. And of course, uh, as I said earlier, you use a clear and consistent messaging and then relate with current events to make sure that the campaign um, is relevant to what is currently happening. And you get more donors to that. So uh, I think uh, from the communication side, those are the key takeaway uh, messages and lessons that we had. Yeah. And yeah, and also may I add that, you know, we also did a lot of, you know, uh, reporting during the campaign period. So I think it's also important to report to your, to your audience, to your donors, what yes. has been done so that, you know, at least they, uh, they, they know that their donations really went to the, ben the intended beneficiaries. So Annabelle, could you speak a little bit to the dynamic with the government? So when you're running a campaign like this, um, you're having to work obviously with government, but then you're also working at, at grassroots level. Um, how was that all tied together? Uh, <laughs> Actually, we were... Um, our government partners were very, very supportive uh, of the campaign. Actually, they have been with us since day one when we started planning for the campaign. You know, uh, I think it took us about two to three months to really just um, finalize and verbalize the, the message that we want to uh, to get to to get across the audience. So, um, in all of the the phases of the campaign, um, the Department of Environment and Natural Resources has been really very supportive. Um, the Office of Congresswoman Sato hers, and her force herself uh, has also been very supportive. Um, actually, in, 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 in some of the distribution activities, Congresswoman Sato was there. Our government counterparts uh, were actively participating in all those distribution um, activities. Um, and of course, uh, of course, our 
Amara Frontliner also provided us with content. You know, they they wrote heartfelt letters. Um, Angie had videos of them thanking the public. So I think um, the response also of the public was also because of uh, they were able to see the beneficiaries, you know, talking to them, um, writing letters to them. So uh, the public response was also, you know, it was varied. We, we did have very um, uh, donors who even we even you know even after the campaign there we we have one donor who has committed to give on a monthly basis until june of this year so um she's of course a local donor and uh you know she doesn't even know <laughs> this this tamara frontliners but i think you know as angie mentioned we we appeal to the emotions i think that's also key so that you're able to really engage uh, the public uh, we immediately responded to queries on our social media. I think that also helped. And our communications plan was also highly influenced by the inquiries that we received. So they do not, you know, a lot of people are really not aware of what Atamaro looks like. And so, you know, part of our social media um, posts were about the Tamara, uh, images about the Tamara, what are they and, you know, how are they differentiated from the Carabao? So I think uh, it is uh, very important that you also engage with your public and be very um, receptive and responsive to the needs of your uh, audience. Excellent, excellent. So perhaps outside of the crowdfunding campaign, um, what's the year ahead looking like for Biofin Philippines? Oh, um, we still continue to implement a number of finance solutions um, and we intend to do uh, capacity building exercises for activities for our partners. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, some of our um, partners would want to try the crowdfunding campaign. And so we said we are very much, uh, we would be very happy to share with them our, our experience. And of course, um, use the materials of UNDP, um, the crowdfunding academies for, for, for that uh, to use as materials. Of course, uh, the other finance solutions that we are implementing in the Philippines involve the, the private sector. We are also working with, uh, I think, uh, well, with Gcash, it's a mobile wallet here in the Philippines on forest restoration. Again, this is sort of a crowdfunding um, activity, but this is within the users of that, of that mobile wallet. So we intend to further explore possibilities of using fintech financial technology for resource mobilization. So for our government partners, we continue to work um, with the Department of Environment and Natural Resources with regard to uh, policies that enhance uh, financing for biodiversity. And we are also working with our local government unit partners, particularly two big provinces in the Visayan, uh, who have developed their own biodiversity plans and of course, we are going to provide support in terms of mobilizing resources for this, um, for their biodiversity plans. Great. Well, huge congratulations uh, on this tremendous campaign. It's it's really impressive to see, and hopefully, a lot of 
uh, other organizations and countries can can learn from this. So congratulations to both of you. Um, so yeah, we'll be wrapping up now. Thank you so much for taking the time to to speak to me. So Annabelle and Angie, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Stay safe.